I miss in the past when men would go to war and have homoerotic moments and then die. I really wish that was still happening. That should be the natural life cycle of men. It's like cicadas. Exactly. You either go to war, have a homoerotic moment, and die, or you go to war, have the homoerotic moment, and then have to come home never the same. Well, before you start this podcast, go listen to Angel with a Shotgun. Okay, hello, and welcome back to Bait. I'm Maj. I'm Zoe. And today is a very special day, not for anyone else in particular besides me and Zoe and like the handful of our friends who've been waiting for this moment for me for my entire life. Yeah, Um, it it was a long time coming. Yes. I realize the setup to this is being like, oh, I'm in a relationship, which I am, but (laughs) that's not it. This, This milestone in my life is I finally watched The Social Network. An incredible movie. It's one of those movies that, you know, all my friends always talk about for years, yeah. for absolute years. And you listen to the soundtrack. I to listen to the down. soundtrack a lot. I'm, I'm sure people are like, Maj, you're a little bit like Mark, right? Did people say that to you? No one <laughs> ever said that to me, you bitch. <laughs> I think that that is How like coping say that to me. Is this what everyone says about me behind my back? Is that what people think of me? Gosh, you're very blunt. The fun parts, like when he's like, does that suitably answer your condescending question? Like that scene. He has banger moments. He is cool. He's a girl boss. Definitely like, yes, the opening scene is the way it is. And like, he, he does get knocked down and they do make him look pathetic. But like, it was 2010. Mark Zuckerberg was still like incredibly cool and powerful. Like that yeah. movie does make you like him a lot. So the social network is on the surface a Mark Zuckerberg biopic about how he made Facebook, but the core of the movie is really about how the success and fame destroyed his relationship with his best friend and co-founder Eduardo Saverin, as played by Andrew Garfield. The, the ship name is Mark Wardo. I personally loved Eduardo as the point of view character. It felt very Gatsby to me. (laughs) Yes! Like the outside narrator who's, so the thing is that like, unlike with those, I do think Eduardo is like as batshit fucking crazy as everyone else because he's just hysterical. Andrew Garfield has the range. I'm so glad I finally seen this movie because Andrew Garfield was so good. I knew two things about this movie. I knew like two two bits. One of them was the quote that was the girl being like, you're gonna go through life thinking that yeah. girls don't like you because you're a nerd, when the truth is girls won't like you because you're an asshole. It's so good. A That's kick-ass so- line. And I was not expecting it to hit right off the bat. It's the first like, the movie! Like, that's how they fucking open. I think that that line is so good, but I do think that the overlooked part is the equally condescending beginning of that line, where she goes, I'm sure you're going to be some very successful computer computer person. person. And then later when she's like, good luck with your, like, video game. (laughs) I think a lot about Erica Albright now. I wonder what she's up to. Everyone's like, she must so regret it. I'm like, she definitely does not. I'm like, the point of the movie is showing you how much she does not regret it. She will not accept his Facebook request. Like, Eduardo regrets it. 
Erica, no regrets. Good for her, girlie. Queen God. When he was like, you don't have to study. You're going to be you. I'm like, oh my God. It's such a good character introduction for him because right off the bat, I'm like, I want to knock his fucking teeth in. Um, And then the second thing I knew about the movie was, of course, the iconic. I'm sorry. Sorry. I I put on as a cleaner. Along with my hoodie and my fuck Fuck you flip flops. -flops. (laughs) You pretentious douchebag. So it's like I knew the bookends of the movie, and I knew that Army Hammer played. Did you know about the chicken? I didn't know about the chicken. I took extensive notes. I was a little nervous to start this movie because I was worried that the bait wouldn't get me at all. <laughs> I was, you know, I was, I was worried about that. I've heard such good things. <laughs> and I was worried I wasn't going to fall for it. But um, much like when I watch like Romeo and Juliet or West Side Story or Dead Poet Society, when I know how it's going to end and yet I root for them anyway. I know. I know, I know how this ended, but I was still rooting for Eduardo the whole time. And it was so hard to watch. He's so in love with him. You know what? And I, it got me. I liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very fun bait. It's so hard to explain to people who haven't seen it to be like, I tell you with my whole chest, the Mark Zuckerberg biopic <laughs> is truly one of the most homoerotic movies I've ever seen in my life. Andrew Garfield went into an interview and did the classic queer actor thing of, I was playing it as a love story. Oh. Like, At first, I kind of chalked it up to, I'm like, that era of, like, early 2000s boys, when it's like, they're so sexist that it does come across as homoerotic. And then it was like, bam, shift to the framing device of the trial. And I'm like, oh my god, it's like a divorce proceeding. When he's, like, telling them that he cheated on the test, then he's like, Mark actually defended you. When he's, like, a witness for the Winklevoss proceedings, and they're like, what do you think? And he's like, I didn't hear anything about their website because, like, they're completely derivative to Mark. And, like, my shit with Mark is, like, he still stands up for him even then, even after everything. Brutal. That one part of the Winklevoss trial when I can't remember exactly. Oh, yeah, no, it was when, when they were, like, talking about how Mark and Eduardo were friends. And then it's just a shot of Eduardo's empty chair. I'm, yes. like, killing. <laughs> He's like, I went to Eduardo for the money. Eduardo was the head of the Harvard Investors Organization, and he was my best friend. Your best friend suing you for over a million dollars. I didn't know that. Tell me more. Cut for the empty chair. It's a good queerbait, because unlike a lot of other queerbaits that we've covered, when truly this is a breakup, this is a queerbait that falls to pieces, and they don't get back. It's not like, you know, the Destiel divorce arc. I'm sure- I knew you would say if, that. Listen, if we became a famous podcast, someone would make a drinking game, and one of the things would be take a shot every time they bring up Destiel. We've been getting tweets about this, and it's Yes, true. we have been. But none of the people making the tweets are old enough to legally drink, so I can't, like, <laughs> condone that. But it's not like things like the Destiel divorce arc, where it's like- it's a breakup and then they get back together and either the debate falls apart and they end as like buddies or like it's an open ambiguous ending. It is, it's such done. Like it's such a good bait story because it's just like, it's the story of how their relationship is falling apart. I know. This is like, like, this is marriage story for gay people. It is. It's literally marriage story for gay people. You're completely, completely right. Andrew Garfield should have sung being alive. 
I've not seen Marisha, but I know the plot, and I know a big thing is about how Scarlett Johansson moves to the West Coast. Yes, like, yes, it is. What happens in this movie, giving conflict in a gay couple, <laughs> does good. not mean they're no longer, it's just, it's just interesting. Diversify like, your queer bait. And I firmly believe at the end of The Social Network, there is no, I mean, not even just because that's the reality in real life, because they're real people, like in the fictional world because it's highly fictionalized like most of like half of those things did not really happen in the fictional world i absolutely 100 percent believe there is no way they can ever be together again because you have like a giant take to tell me oh yeah a lot of it felt to me that like mark and eduardo felt a lot like a proto john Locke. yes you're completely right which came out first they came out the same year. That makes total sense because it was the rise of that character and also Sheldon Cooper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like then the Silicon Valley stuff and you know, there's like so much of that like we're not gonna say he's on the spectrum but we're implying he's on the spectrum character. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, there's I... super proto John Locke. Because you're like, why would he spend time with him? But like, he is in love with him. Yeah. But it really felt like a proto John Locke in the way that it's like, like the, we're not going to say he's on the spectrum, but we'll leave that up for you to decide. They both implied that Mark Zuckerberg is gay and autistic. Yeah. <laughs> Which he's not. He's not either of those things. Of like, things. solidly and provably, he is not. I wonder how much of it was the book. Because you know what the book, right? I don't know about the book. Okay, so The Social Network, it's based on a book called Accidental Billionaires, which was written by Eduardo Saverin, and he wrote it with someone else who was like a ghostwriter person. Oh my god, the tell-all. Yeah, it was his tell-all. He released but it's like the tell-all. Highly fictionalized. I don't know how much of that in and of itself is homoerotic. Versus- I was also going to say on the like John Locke front, it was like, not only this character who is just just an asshole just a terrible terrible outright terrible person that they were just like joking that they throw and they're like maybe it's because of an ambiguous unspecified disorder (laughs) and it's just like on so many fronts just like bad just like like, anti-sexist from the get-go the social network i would say is not a sexist movie right off he was like let's compare women to farm animals yeah but also, like, Eduardo, who is definitely as batshit as Mark, but, like, is by comparison and, like, you know, because he's a point of view character, this is, like, his narrative. He's, like... He's the nice one. Yeah, he's, like, you know, the down-to-earth nice one who's, like, just trying to be, like, just trying to be there for, you know, his friend who he's in love with. <laughs> I need you. I'm here for you. No, I need the algorithm you use to rank chess players. Like, the thing that we joked about in the Sherlock episode, where it was John being, like, tries to say something emotional and connect, and John's like, yes, yes, off to the next crime. (laughs) Like, that was all I could think of in this, is it was, Eduardo is like, I'm here for you, man, or whatever, or being like, hey, like... I feel like this isn't working out. I've worried about our friendship and our relationship. And he's like, yes, yes. Now the next website. So he's when he's like, please tell me if anything's wrong and if I can help you. And he's like, oh, Eduardo, you want to go like do some jello shots and then launch a new blog? Like, it's insane. It's so weird. And it, it, it had me, you know, John Locke never had me rooting for John. 
But the social network very much did. Because it's Andrew Garfield, and he's sweet and pretty. And he's sweet and pretty. And I'm like, aw, it's Andrew Garfield. I love him. To because I'm well. also like, this is not Eduardo Saverin. This is Andrew Garfield. That was a love story. He was playing it as, for him, that was a love story. I think what I always forget about the social network mm-hmm. is that, like, it really was, like, a thing people were aware of. And, like, not just the movie, but, like, the shipping was a thing people were aware of. Like, people outside of that corner of the internet, like, knew that this was the homoerotic Facebook movie. Like, it was being talked about. Like, people are, like, I wish I had more, like, social and cultural awareness back in 2010 when I was a child. Just to to hear people talking about the social network, like, people joke about Brokeback Mountain. And it was huge. Like, it was not a niche movie at all. And I think also then Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg, both A, went on to have really, really good careers, but also both went on to do comic book films, which led to a lot of stuff in that, like, and also, like, Mark Zuckerberg went on to play Spider-Man. Mark Zuckerberg went on to play Spider-Man. Andrew Garfield. Wow, I didn't know he had an acting career. (laughs) What if he did? What if he moonlit? No, Andrew Garfield went on to play Spider-Man and Jesse Eisenberg went on to play Lex Luthor. Yeah. So, like, literally playing the characters they are oh, <laughs> no. in the movie. Oh, no. I miss when Andrew Garfield was the queerbait darling. I feel like he's gone so crazy at this point. Yeah. I can't imagine quarantine is doing anything good for him. A message for everyone at home. Wear your masks wash your hands we need to beat coronavirus because andrew garfield is not doing well everything impression i've gotten of andrew garfield from everything he said in interviews is that he's a person who needs attention or he will die like he's rachel berry and i think or like Cass. <laughs> this is why he should play Cass. oh my god i've been saying he's perfect he is we will bring andrew garfield back into back into the the spotlight when we cast him as in cast in Tristan Chat 2021. Opposite Dev Patel. I think what's so weird about this movie is that it's not a situation when it's like you've tricked trained actors, Andrew Garfield yeah. and Jesse Eisenberg, this to be here like, with a bad script. Like it's Aaron Sorkin and David, David Fincher. Fincher. It's like, two of the most talented people in the industry. It's like one of the best directors and the best screenwriters. Like, they weren't bored. Like, they had a good script and good content. Yeah. How far up did this go? Did this go all the way up to the top? Were, like, Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher also like, all right, we know it's Facebook, but... (laughs) I think, yes. The scene when he's, like, waiting for him in the rain, and he's like, you didn't pick me up at the airport. He was waiting for him in the rain. When, When they're, like, meeting, and he's like, I don't want you to be left behind, like, Remember the algorithm on the mirror, on the window in Kirkwood? And you're like, oh "Oh my God. It's such that moment, that trope, when it's like the love interest is like, you've changed. Yes. It's like- He's chosen the industry over him. Yes, it's such a trope. And then there's Sean, who's the other woman. If Mark Wardo is the proto John Locke, Sean is the Moriarty if Sherriarty was done right. Because if Sherriarty was done right, we would have John being jealous. We would have moments like that dinner scene. (laughs) Drop the consulting. It's just detective. Just detective. (laughs) 
Sean was very fun because you gotta throw a love triangle in there. It's delightful. It's so spicy. And like immediately it's Andrew Garfield is Timberlake? It's Justin it's Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Like it's not enough that we're queer baiting with Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield's understandable because you know. <laughs> but we throw Justin Timberlake into a queer bait about the Facebook founders playing the guy who made Napster? What? This movie was fantastic. It's so good. And they have him do that classic character that's like, ah, he's the coke-addicted, like, playboy ladies' the man. The coke-addicted party boy. But also a little gay about it. He's like, oh, here are the vices of the world of, like, the yeah. tech industry. I think on that movie's so funny when you consider for a second that, like, they do make a website. And then Brenda's song is there. Oh, my God. I, wait, a lot of we my haven't notes- even address the scene when they get blowjobs in I was I, each I was at a loss for words. They're like fully aware that the other person They are. There. And then it's like a cut to both of them standing outside. Yes, together. like flushed. It's like there is a scene in Hannibal um, where Will is having sex with someone and Hannibal's having sex with some woman. Hannibal has sex with women? Hannibal has sex with women. But they're each having sex with a woman at the same time in completely different places but the scene is cut so it looks like a like a very disjointed orgy and you can't tell who's fucking who and it's insane oh my god the scene when he's at the club with sean and sean's like i this did you know wanted to impress yes, this girl, yes, so I her girl. And, and then and then mark's like do you remember her and he's like no and he's like what are you talking about like that doesn't matter and it's one of those moments when you're like who is he talking exactly like, is this about not about the girl is- it's such a good movie, and it is genuinely such a good queer bait. Because, like, oh, I, I forgot about the daddy issues. Yes! Oh, my God. Another note I wrote down is Eduardo's nondescript daddy issues. <laughs> but he keeps me, like, so you have no fun. idea what this means to my father. They threw it in for flavor, and it's like, my father will never forgive me for this. Or when he's like, you have no idea what this will mean to my father, and he goes, yes, I do. You know, as terrible as Mark is, he, like, does know Eduardo, and, like, he does care yes. about him, but he cho- but like he chooses the company. The company. It's not like it's like oh, it's a big triumphant ending. It's because it's like otherwise it'd be like you know Eduardo's the villain and he betrays him. But it's like it ends with him settling. Like he defended him as best he could, but he still chose the company. And like at the end, he was just like the only closure that he could get with him is the settlement. It's a divorce settlement! The way in all the, like, hearing scenes, when Eduardo is, like, just facing his lawyer. He is just facing his lawyer and just talking to his lawyer, except for, like, a couple express moments when he he looked Mark's dead in the eye, and he's like, I was your friend. You only had one friend. It's so good! And, like, especially with the Sean character, because it's like, he doesn't love you. He's trying to lead you astray. I, the, the good woman who has been with you from the beginning. When Eduardo froze the account to get his attention. Yes, yes, I had to. He says that he's like, I had to get, to get your, your attention? attention. It is season six of Supernatural. Mark is Cass. Balthazar is Eduardo. Dean is Erica. Sean is crappy. I think it'd be very funny if Dean and Cass were like Agent Zuckerberg and Sabrin. <laughs> Dean definitely could have dropped that he's seen the social network. 
He would reference the social network, then Sam would look at him weird, and Dean would be like, what? The same guy directed Fight Club. I, I'm trying to think what in the movie he could. I feel like the chicken scene, maybe. So I did not know about the chicken scene. I loved that. This was college. My favorite part of that was he didn't know that you can't feed chicken to chicken. <laughs> I had to feed my chicken. They were serving chicken in the dining Do room. fish not eat other <laughs> fish? You had me accused of animal cruelty. This movie really made me miss college. I'm always like, why would he feed a chicken chicken? And then he's like, this was college. And I'm like, yeah. I too would have fed chicken chicken if I was being hated by a finals club. Because it's not fraternities, it's finals clubs. He looks at Mark and he's like, is this because I got punched by Phoenix? just a diversity thing. To be clear, there's often confusion around the social network of whether there's whitewashing in the character of Eduardo Saverin. There's not. He's white Hispanic Jewish. There's no whitewashing. He's a white man. Andrew Garfield is white and Jewish. It was fine for him to take that role. God, it's like, it's such a good, fun bait, and it's crazy because it's like, it's like what Jason Robert Brown thinks the last five years is. No, it's part what Jason Robert Brown thinks the last five years is, which they're both insane. But it's also what the last five years really is, which is one of them can't fucking take it. Like, it's not marriage story for gay people. This is the last five years, but like not a musical. I will not fail so you can be comfortable, Eduardo. I will not lose because you cannot win. Isn't he wonderful? Just 21, the savior of programming. God, it always goes back to, it is a website. It's all about a website. It's a website. That's why I didn't watch it for so long, is I would always start. I would always get, like, through the opening credits, and I'm like, I never watched the first scene. I was always, like, trying to get through those opening credits, and I'm like, this is about Facebook. (laughs) So I stopped. I did not know. The website is the relationship, but also the website is what he chooses over the relationship. Because it is this thing that they share. Because Eduardo sees it as like their child and this thing they have built together. And Mark sees it as his and Eduardo is helping him. And his relationship with Eduardo is separate of Facebook. So he could always cut him loose. Eduardo never thought to question the relationship because he thought the company was the relationship and it's why he didn't have his lawyers look over the papers he thought they were his lawyers he thought they were his lawyers always thought they they were in it together he showed up to the fucking offices dressed for the party in the business meeting and it was walking into an execution did you know that when you signed those papers you were signing your own death warrant I think it was when they first launch it, or like they get their first landmark of, of users. And Eduardo is like, come on, let's celebrate, let's get a drink. And Mark is still like talking about something else for the website. I was really like, Alexander, come back to bed. I have an early meeting out of town. <laughs> That's the whole thing. God, remember the algorithm on the window at Kirkland? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Just the whole like... That's, oh my God, he says that to him after he signed the papers. I, to- I thought that was in Palo Alto. Just the whole thing that like his girlfriend, Brenda Song, is like jealous 
of his relationship. She's like, yeah. why oh won't you? Oh my God, she was talking about like the Palo Alto sluts and stuff. And then his phone rings and she picks it up and she's like, it's Mark. She knew. She fucking knew. God, Brenda Song. A lot of my notes are Brenda Song, Dakota Johnson, Justin Timberlake. Rooney Mara. There's one thing about this movie that really disappointed me. Natalie Portman should have been in it as herself. Right, she was on campus and she's referenced. God, I'm just looking at the scene when he's talking to the lawyers who are screwing him over and he says Mark doesn't care about money and he needs to be protected. It is always fundamentally, I can take care of myself just fine. No, what do you mean? No, just no. I can't stop thinking about how this is the last five years. No, Mark, you do not have to go to another party with the same, same 20, 20 jerks, jerks you already, you already know. know. You could stay with me on my fucking birthday. God, the only thing that doesn't work is Shiksa Goddess because they're both very explicitly Jewish. Tell me a bit about the fandom. It's insane how long it's lasted. Every once in a while, I'll see like a tweet on my dash about it. Yeah, it has really, really intense staying power. And it did from the beginning. It's so weird because it was part of that, of that like, specifically like quote-unquote cringy phase of tumblr and andrew just, garfield it's was- such a weird thing to be part of that phase because it's like really the david fincher facebook like a good movie? movie you're putting that alongside like sherlock and then it lasted past that now people still really really intensely talk about it some of the most famous things are obviously the social network lesbian fanfic. Yes, I was going to ask about that. Yeah. So the, there's a lesbian retelling of the entire thing. It's one of the best fanfictions I've ever read. It's one of, you know, when I reference fanfictions that have literary merit, I would say that, I would say Twist and Shout, and I would say the Riverdale Spanish Civil War fanfiction that queer baited with Jason and Jughead. Yeah, it's a really incredible fanfiction. It's really, really well, like genuinely really good, really well written. And then I know that there is, like, I was looking on it, like, there's a lot of fan fiction for them. Which is, like, I don't know if you would qualify it as RPF or not. Most of it specifies, like, this is for the movie. Mm-hmm. And, like, the fictionalized versions of Mark and Eduardo. Some people do expand it to, like, no, they think in real life for real. Mark Zuckerberg and Eduardo Saverin, like, were gay and in love. And there was, like, I think arguments in the fandom about that. And then, like, yeah, a lot of tropes of, like, Sean is the other woman. Like, that's a big Love trope. That. I've not read any of fanfiction for them besides the lesbian one, which is, like, required reading. The thing is that, and I think this is probably a good segue, the RPF debate for this fandom gets bigger when you consider an internet phenomenon which unfortunately, I have to say the real name of, which was Junicorn. Junicorn, if you don't know, and honestly, I wouldn't hate it so much if it wasn't called that, is the shipping of Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg in real life with each other. I am of the belief around RPF as Majas that they can go cry to their bank accounts. I think it's weird and I would never do it. But it's like, you know, it's not like, boo-hoo, let's consider the poor Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg here. Um, poor Andrew Garfield, but that's I, just him as a person, and I do worry about him. I worry about him like he's my cousin. I feel like Andrew Garfield is my gay cousin. I also worry about him because 
of the things he has said about Jesse Eisenberg. I did not research the full extent of their relationship. I know there was points when they were living together. Then there was a point when I think Andrew Garfield got a girlfriend and Jesse Eisenberg was complaining that they weren't seeing each other as much. There was a, they spent Halloween together at a cheesecake factory in which Andrew Garfield was like doing an Australian accent to make him laugh or something like that. There's like all of these anecdotes of them and now they like don't see each other as much. I want to be clear. I do not think that they had a relationship because I think Jesse Eisenberg is straight. Do I think that Andrew Garfield was in love with Jesse Eisenberg? I would give a resounding yes. I have gone into the Junicorn Tumblr tag. Oh my God, you're so brave. To find quotes from Andrew Garfield about Jesse Eisenberg, which includes as soon as I met him, I fell in love with him. I had to be protective of him to want him for myself to be his boyfriend, really. This sounds like a quote from Call Me By Your Name. An interviewer said, you guys seem to be very happy together. And Andrew Garfield said, we really are. Oh, There's no. There's this very, obviously the very famous interview in which he said, you didn't know me at 13. And him saying, I really wish I had. What? No, no, no. <laughs> you don't know about no. that? You didn't know no. me at 13? I really wish I had? I'm trying to remember who says, who says which. And just like if you've ever seen a picture of the, like I'm not being crazy, but if you've ever seen a picture of the two of them together or an interview of the two of them together, it's like Jesse Eisenberg being normal and Andrew Garfield staring at him. Oh, like, no. he has hung the moon and the stars. Oh, like, Andrew. It, it is insane. I haven't watched the Tonys since then because the Tonys will never be as good as in 2018 when Andrew Garfield was there high off his mind on Molly. Definitely. And, like, he told us. Because an interview, like, a few days before, he, they were like, who are you bringing? And he was like... Molly, I'm going to take a lot of Molly. Like, he just said and it. He said it, and he did. Rachel Bloom is like, is just like giving him more backstage so that he doesn't come out when he accepts his Tony. <laughs> Watching the tongue relaxer hit was one of my personal favorite moments. Poor, poor motherfucker. Jesse Eisenberg is an Oedipus I do remember that. <laughs> He's been like public about this. Like he liked to, to call his girlfriend mom or something like that. Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg said, you should have seen me at 13. And Andrew Garfield said, I really wish I had. Andrew! Andrew, you've got to stop doing this to yourself. It's so bad. Yeah, no, it really is. I didn't know you then, and I'll never understand why it feels like I did. Like, you sound crazy. I know. But, like, so does Andrew Garfield. This is crazy. I'm looking at the post right now, and it's like, you know, quotes of them saying stuff about each other. And Jesse Eisenberg, it's like, I love him. He's a great friend. A normal thing you'd say about your friend. And Andrew Garfield says, it was a piece of cake to fall in love with Jesse. Andrew Garfield like still talks about My Jesse man. Eisenberg in interviews. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg started an Andrew Garfield Facebook fan page where he pretended to be him or something and like only Andrew Garfield followed it. Like it was some weird thing. Neither of them used Facebook though because of this movie. But yeah, there was like a rabid fandom of people shipping them and then being like either Emma Stone is a beard or she like is it's a love triangle or it was a three-way because of zombie land it's so strange just saw a post that says I find it funny that a lot of people from the social network slash unicorn shippers are actually Larry shippers now <laughs> the natural progression of the universe I tell you 
what a blast from the past this all is. Like, again, like, to be clear, I do not think these men, I know that Andrew Garfield is gay, but I don't think Jesse Eisenberg is, and I do not think they ever had a secret relationship. I'm surprised that Andrew Garfield hasn't come up really on this podcast yet, but everything yeah. about him, it makes me so sad. God, there's so many quotes to him when he's like, this was one he was like, I think with Mark up until the end, Eduardo's hoping at some point Mark's going to go, look, I'm really sorry, man. I really messed up. I love you so much. And I was just jealous of you. And I acted out like this. Can we be friends again? I'll give you as much money as you want. Let's move in together and we'll play basketball every day. And we'll cuddle at night and watch reality TV. Part of Eduardo in those depositions is just waiting for that moment. This is just like um, Archie being like, Jughead, I dream about us living together in the East Village. Literally. Like, here's the thing. Here's the difference. Here's the RPF shipping difference that I can tell as an outsider. Larry was like, One Direction was like popular. It was everywhere. (laughs) It was designed to be popular with like tween girls and like the types of girls who ship people. And like yes. ship cute boys. Yes. What? You have to be a very special kind of weirdo. <laughs> it's like, yeah, people were back in the day very into the homoerotic social network movie that was admittedly very baby and very good. But you have to be a very specific kind of weirdo to do that and be like, actually, I'm also going to get really into shipping the actors. Yes. Who play mark zuckerberg and eduardo no. and to be clear i never i have never and do not ship them but i yeah. do think i have many many mutuals on social media who do and i have seen these quotes but like oh maj like i think you haven't noticed because you've never seen the movie so you're not aware of it exactly. but i would i would tell you that like trusted mutuals who you respect believe I think we can wrap up. yeah i think we've covered a lot of the bases around this ship how would we rate Mark Wardo as a ship. I would give it between an eight and a 10. Yeah, I was going to say a nine. I really liked it. I really enjoyed kind of, you know, a twist on the standard queer bait where it's just like, you know, stagnant the whole time. Whereas like, this is a relationship that exists and is getting destroyed. I love- it's the last five years. It is, God, it is the last five years. I can't stop thinking about it. They do meet in the middle of the next 10 minutes. Eduardo be like, I'm climbing uphill, daddy, climbing uphill. Oh, it's so good. As a queer bait, I would give it a 10. I would give it a 10. We I give think- 10s pretty liberally on here, but I would give but it a 10. But you know what? We haven't had 10s in a, in a bit. Yeah. Because we didn't do a 10 for Finpo. And we no. didn't do a 10 for Stucky. I thought it was an absolute delight. I loved all the tropes that it played into, especially the relationship falling apart because, like, one of them chooses, like, fame and success in the industry over the other one. It's so good, especially with Eduardo as this unreliable narrator because he's, like, he's the CFO. He's also, like, invested in it. but But it's, like, you can tell it's never about the business for him. Like, it's all about them building this together. Well, it's always just like like the scenes when he's in the rain or he's like outside the party in the like freezing to death outside the. I know the it's the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I know. Aww. I can't keep staring at that irritating loop of Niagara Falls, which has absolutely nothing to do with the Caribbean. <laughs> just like how much he lets Mark ruin his life. 
even on small scales, he's like, you ruin everything for us with girls. Like you ruin everything. There's so many good tropes to it. Uh, what are you being queerbaited by at the moment? I've been very, very busy lately. Um, or just, you know, what you've been consuming. I'm still reading Atonement. I need to finish that. I like sat in a cemetery and leaned against the mausoleum and read like a lot of the war chapters. And I was just like, this is very fun. Honestly, super still Dustiel. Embarrassing yeah. but true. And not embarrassing, no. just true. Trying to not learn rumors about the final season. Don't tell me any of them. I will use this to plug my own projects. Yay! Um, I wrote, it's not fun and it's not queerbait. So I don't know how much of the audience it will attract, but I wrote a play in November, December of last year about the 30s and 40s and anti-Semitism and assimilation in America. And now I'm turning it into a short radio play. We've been rehearsing that. We have, we're recording it on Tuesday and then we're going to release it by the end of the month. It's called um, At the End of the World. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. It is very much about the Holocaust. I cannot stress that harder that it, it has nothing adjacent to this podcast. What's, I mean, there's a gay character. When that drops, I will probably boost a link of that. I am very excited about it and, and what it will be. Hell yeah. I've been being queerbated by Supernatural, of course. Oh, I did a lot of reading at the beach. I read Lovecraft Country, which I loved. I also reread Call Me By Your Name. Don't cancel me for this. I just want to live in the house and call me by your name. I want a house. I wish I lived I, in that fancy Italian villa in the countryside by the ocean and I could be like, you know, like, I just swam and ate, you know, ate fruit today. It seems like a nice life. You can't say peaches. I can't almost say peaches and I couldn't. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time.